This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals, a mysterious, all-powerful character a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ellsworth Exchange. I'm Sal, and I'm joined today by Ashley Victoria Robinson. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me across the many, many time zones that divide us. Yes, it's exactly. We have a, uh, yeah, it's a whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a scene, man. I do math. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so today we're going to be talking about Robin, just the phenomena, the concept, the characters, the many iterations of Robin. Uh, but before we do that, Ashley has a really exciting project that I am really excited to uh, join via Kickstarter, um, but I'll let her tell it better than I will. So kick it off. What, what, what's happening with you guys? So if you like young heroes running around in cool costumes, go and check out my Action Lab comic series that Jason Inman and I are co-writing and kickstarting right now. JupiterJetComic.com. It is a girl in the 1930s with a jetpack and a genius little brother, and she fights bad guys with glowing eyes and ray guns. And there's a science fiction twist at the end. It's very exciting. JupiterJetComic.com. Thank you so much in advance for going and checking it out. Uh, and our first issue is actually done. We paid for it all by ourselves, and we just need a little bit of help to make issues two through five, and then the trade paperback. And you can find it at jupiterjetcomic.com. We have a ton of super awesome rewards, and we have really cool things like an exclusive Nicholas Scott print Ooh. and an exclusive Tim Seeley print. And if you are like Jason and I and you want to be able to go from fan to creator, we have script reviews by Uncanny X-Men's Cullen Bunn and Bizarro's Heath Corson. And we have an art portfolio review by the Sheriff of Babylon and Batman artist's Mitch Garrods, so you can go over there and support Jupiter Jet and check all of that cool stuff out. Let me tell you, these are incredible rewards that even folk like ourselves here on uh, YouTube would be thrilled to <laughs> take advantage of. Um, usually those opportunities are only afforded to you if you go to a well-populated Comic-Con and if you have like yeah. a portfolio and you want to wait in line and you gotta and it, it's it's a more, it, this is a this is the ideal situation for you if you want to do that. Uh, also, this is a great concept. I just love the idea of like kind of rocketeer, kind of 30s super serial <laughs> comics. So yeah, today we're talking about Robin, and yeah. it's funny that I, I loved this pitch. By the way, uh, we were uh, Ashley and I had been talking earlier about doing an episode, and she was like, "How about Robin?" And I'm like, "I love Robin. I have a lot of opinions about Robin." Um, so that's let's like get into it. My whole pitch it wasn't even a good pitch. It was like I'll talk, I can talk about Robin for an hour, no problem. That is literally that is how Elseworlds Exchange works. Like I'll talk with either Joel or any other special guest that we have, and I'm like. I just take one kind of like button idea, you know, just like Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, uh, scientists and just go from mm -hmm. there. And so that's what this is. So, yeah, I love the idea of just talking about Robin. So I guess to get the get the ball rolling, I want to ask you a question about uh, your con your uh, relationship with Robin as far as reading is concerned. Like, where did you first encounter a Robin and what made you so interested in the character? I'm going to tell you like a really embarrassing story before I launch into my long and and torrid history with Robin. Okay. When I was when I was in um when I was in college here in the states because I'm originally from Canada and I moved here to go to school, I used to like find people at parties to argue with about how important Robin was. <laughs> and I have like 
a vivid memory of standing in someone's living room, like screaming at this guy who I did not know <laughs> about like how important Robin was and how he like didn't understand the depth of the Batman mythology if he couldn't appreciate Robin. <laughs> I... So I was like that jerk on the internet. But I wasn't on the, I was like in real life, it was terrible. Yeah. But I, I remember it, I remember being like so enraged and just like screaming and like leaning over this poor guy. <laughs> Did you realize afterwards, like, oh my God, I just yelled at a layman for like a good 30 minutes? Or was it kind of just like, yes, I'm completely justified. And then you just oh, moved no, on through Oh no, I was right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think someone told me the next day, they were like, you, do you remember that you were like screaming at this guy about Robin? And I was like, yeah, he was wrong. Right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember it really me yelling at someone as much as I was correct them and explaining to them why they were wrong but fair exactly. enough i guess that's how that looked i don't know uh, <laughs> trust me that was, that was my life as a kid because i grew up with no one else who liked comic books so their familiarity with anyone particularly robin was from the 1966 adam west television show right <laughs> and so they're like you know jiminy jillikers i know that's literally not robin but that's basically their characterization of the character um and incidentally that was my first kind of exposure to Robin was Burt Ward and the like comic accurate costume with the notable exception of the fact that Ward wore leggings despite the fact oh, that Oh, I love the scaly underoos though. They're I do too. Yeah. <laughs> it, and of course when you're a kid and you're noticing patterns like I noted the scaly like outerwear and Captain America's kind of scaly uh armor I'm like, oh, well, naturally, they're both made of the same material, which means that uh, Robin desperately <laughs> oh needed God, some kind of armor, <laughs> you know, some kind of chainmail armor for his crotch. Like, that's that's where that comes from. It's not... It's of not course, like it's... and Bucky, the only Marvel sidekick in the history of the world, yeah. doesn't have any scaly armor. <laughs> no, dude is just exposed. He wears, like, he wears a cool kind of proto-Guards of the Galaxy vest, and that's kind of it. Oh, it is very, isn't it, though? It's like what Rocket wears. That's so funny. Yeah, I just, literally, that was just, a, I was I was picturing Rocket Raccoon. I'm like, that's the same kind of jacket. That's kind of awesome. Um, I think Burt Ward was probably my first Robin because I remember watching the reruns of that on TV when I was a little kid. Yeah. But in Canada, we got Batman the Animated Series like a couple of years after it aired here. Mm -hmm. And that was really where our... Like, I locked into that character, and it's like that thing when you're six where you're like, do I want to be Robin, or like, do I want to kiss his face? I don't know. This is so confusing <laughs> for me. Fair enough. But then there's there's multiple Robins. Yes. So there's like the sexy Robin, and then there's like the best friend Robin. Like, you can have, there's so many options with Robins. It's so great. It's true. Um, from Burt Ward, I got into like comic books, and so I think my first Robin. While it was Dick Grayson, my first, like, actual comic book tangible Robin was Tim Drake. The best Robin. The best Robin. And I argue that to the, like, to death. That's my, that's my connoisseur as well, is that Tim Drake is the best Robin. Because um, mm -hmm. he's the only one who wanted to be Robin. The rest of them all kind of And, and, like, and he's the only Robin. one who's a detective. Like, I, I yeah. definitely subscribe to Dick Grayson as the greatest success of the DC universe. And yes. he's Batman's greatest success. But Tim is the most like Batman. Right. Yeah, Tim's the one who like chose that life and emulated it and exemplified the best qualities. Whereas Tim, uh, Dick Drake, Dick Grayson's like, he's Batman's pride and joy. Like he's see, I'm not a terrible father. Look, <laughs> look at how well yeah, he turned a, out. He's a much better Nightwing. He's Plus, a way better Nightwing. Tim yeah. has pants. <laughs> well, yeah, Tim got the pants. Tim's the first one where, yeah. uh, where I guess Alfred was like, give the poor boy some pants. It's cold out there. You know, we oh have God, a temperate so climate funny. here in Gotham. 
They were like, well, Jason died, so let's armor his legs. That's right. Right? right? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Not the let's face area, though. Still dress him like a target, but just uh, just give him pants and boots. That whole thing, man. No. We, 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 sh- we'll, we'll do- we should talk about the evolution of that costume in a minute because, ugh. But, uh. Oh, there. There's such a great moment in the Knight and Squire series where she's in the Batcave talking to Dick Grayson, Batman, mm-hmm. and um, she makes a comment about elf boots, and he was like, oh, they were so great, blah, 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 but I see that you are still wearing them because she's like in a jester outfit, yeah. and she has the little pixie boots just like he did, but I think they're red. Hmm. That's fair. Mm. I was like, I, I loved the original design, like the classic Robin, like short yellow cape, pixie boots, scaly trunks. Uh, the, and this kind of like odd red tunic, and which, the, which sometimes had like little like lacy strings. Yeah, I love like, the lacy thing. You needed to tie it, and <laughs> and his cape was also like a little cuff, which had you know it was almost like a tie. Yes, <laughs> I loved that Robin costume, and it's funny how I, I that's one of the things that you know you need it in the legacy in order to show how far you've come. You know, like where the evolution of the costume comes along. Which is why I'm kind of sad that with the new 52 and everything, when they changed everything, that they're like, oh, no, 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 we started out with like the a, a, a version of the Tim Drake costume. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, you didn't. You got to start <laughs> with, the, you got to start with, I dressed him like a clown and then he became that. Like, you, you can't just start at the best designed Robin costume ever and then. But especially, especially if it's Dick Grayson, like, of course, like, the guy with bare legs is going to grow up and be like, yeah, I'm, like, the hottest character in this universe. Yeah. And when they when they draw him in some of the Titan stuff, like, where he's obviously, like, 25, but still Robin for some yeah. reason. Because it was the 80s, they would, like, draw hair on his legs. It was so funny. He had really hairy thighs for, like, a good chunk of the Titans. Run. That was the 80s. That was, that like, listen, men with hair. That was the epitome of, sex, of sexuality when it came to male artists in dc comics i mean like now anytime about, like the batman cover where he's got the mask on and he's fighting Razzle ghoul in the desert oh. and he's like yes <laughs> oh my god no as as a as a young italian boy growing up seeing that batman gave me hope that maybe i could become batman i'm like i will be that hairy someday oh, so i think that'll be okay i've ever heard because <laughs> <laughs> i knew that uh all of my other friends who are who got who come from either like english or irish dis- uh, descent they see that batman like whoa Chewbacca is Batman. What is happening? And I'm like, he's not that hairy. I don't know about, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, You're like, it's very normal, healthy human being. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that. Yeah, that's robust. That's sexuality. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I miss that costume. And it's funny how, for me, I've always loved it. But I love that you know after Frank Miller and Jim Lee's All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder. Jim Lee drawing it all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh no, the old Robin costume was awesome. And I'm like, yeah, if Jim Lee draws it, it looks even better. But that kind of reminded everybody, no, this is is the definition of what an iconic outfit looks like. And you kind of have to to progress. Um, Do you remember the, like, kind of uh, pre-crisis Jason Todd Robin costume that was, like, almost the Tim Drake costume, but it was, like, long pants and it was red and it was... I, I never... It existed for like exactly a minute. Yeah, about as exactly. Long as his red hair lasted for. Yeah, because every once in a while I'll see it, you know, in some kind of flashback, or if I'm looking at an old back issue. People love to homage it in a flashback, even yes. though it's such a tiny piece of continuity. It's like it would be like showing Hawkeye remembering fondly his skirt outfit 
you know, like it was such a flash in the pan. It's just why keep calling back to it? It's barely a thing. But I never liked that. Has anyone had worse costumes than Hawkeye though? Like he's had some really bad ones. He really does. He he, yeah, poor Hawkeye. And it's funny because I love that outfit, like the 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 classic, you know, purple with the with the with the mask helmet thing. And even I have, I'm like, I have that Marvel Legends action figure. <laughs> oh, such a great action figure, man. He's, he's next to my like Matt Fraction like broken nose with the dog action. Figure. Oh yeah, well, did they make that action figure? Yeah, with like a Disney Direct one. No kidding, that's like, awesome. He might be behind me somewhere. Let me see. <laughs> oh, he's right here. There he is. Whoa! I didn't know they da, made da, that. Da. That's awesome. And he, he, he has a broken nose, and he comes with pizza dog, he but he's on the dog. other side of the show. Good. That's, yeah, I won't make you go yet, but that's awesome. Can I so, say... Amazon. Action, oh, yeah. I was going to say, can I say action figure technology has really, like, evolved to the point where, like, I kind of wish I were a kid now that I could get all these figures that I could never have had access to? Like, If I could take this camera with me, I have, like, a collection of over 100 Robin action figures. Really? And they're... They're mostly just like weird ones from the 90s that their legs don't fit. I have like jungle action Robin. Ooh. I have Viking Robin. I have pirate Robin. <laughs> my my Robin figures are limited to the Kenner Superpowers Robin with the cloth cape. It's a great one. Uh, with chop with hand chopping action. Uh, the other one is my Tim Drake. Batman Returns used to be Marlon Wayans, but then got repainted into Tim Drake Robin figure. Oh, yeah. I have like five of those, and they're just painted different. <laughs> they are so great. That was my, that's, for me, that's the best Robin figure. Cloth cape, uh, Neil Adams, uh, Tim, uh, Tim Drake outfit, flat top, and it has, and it comes in a Batman Returns case. So you're like, when does this fit in? The flat top is so weird, too, because it completely changes the silhouette of the character. Like, yes. I'm sure that's what his hair would have actually looked like had that incarnation of Robin come to the screen. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the little action figure, you're like, why is your head an inverted triangle? I don't know. Yeah, it is weird. But when I was a kid, because that was my Robin and because I was, like, looking for any outfit, any media to validate my interests, that figure, I was like, this is it. Just like Batman the Animated Series was like, that's the costume. We're going to give you Tim. We're going to give you Dick Grayson, which is arguably like the best Robin, according to everybody, even though it's, you know, I feel like Tim Drake got kind of ruined with the cartoon show. Tim, cartoon shows like, well, the, the, in, in the, in the show too, like he's half, like he's got Jason's origin and he's like kind of a bad kid, but they call him Tim and yep. And but then, he has a better look. I think the look of like Robin 2.0 along with all the other redesigns, I think is a much better Robin look. You like the red, like the, not for the red Robin, like in the name, but like but it, the it's red It's suits. like red with yellow and, and, yeah. and black trunks. Yeah. Cause it reminds me of the Tim, even though it wouldn't have like at the time, this is later on in continuity. It's in like the 2000s publishing history, but it mm -hmm. reminds me of after Connor dies, when uh, Tim changes his costume to the red and black. Yeah. And even though I like the the original costume in the comics better, like the red and the green and the yellow, um, I think it's a the most distinct look that he's had is that he has the more muted color palette. So yeah. when they make him Red Robin in the new 52, even though it will never live in my headcanon that he was not Robin, and I mm -hmm. think that's kind of insulting, <laughs> um, it's like a continuation of that visual distinction for that character so i like i like him and i like how small they draw him because the proportions yeah. are so weird in that show and he's just like a tiny little boy yeah it's, so cute. it's and like in robin's reckoning like they're sitting together on the bridge and dick is like telling a story about flying out with bruce like he's so precious yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, man. Well, that was after the redesign when everyone became like triangles. When everyone became basic shape. And they were everyone like, became, all right. Like, slim, too, though, because the guys are a lot less like barrel chested. Mm hmm. Everyone yeah. like did some cardio in that season break. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really beefed. They well, they, their shoulders got pointier and more broad, and their mm -hmm. waistlines just slimmed down to nothing. That's why the action figures don't stand up. I have so many of those, like the new line that DC put out. Yeah, and like none of them because their their feet are so like their ankles are so weak. Yeah, none of them stand. And like Etrigan, like his knees are too small, so like his knees will buckle. Oh, they're all toe top heavy. That's the problem. Yeah. Is that uh, the, uh, Tim designed them without thinking about uh, you know the aftermarket? You know you got to yeah, think about that merchandise. Yeah, not twenty five years later, we were gonna be like, hey, I need some more of these action figures. <laughs> yeah, can I get a version of Killer Croc that you re redesigned in an action figure form? I oh, will the say, Clayface yeah. one too is everything. I want, oh man, my my Clayface is the like original series like that that amazing Clayface episode, but that design. I always love that clay face. I want like a full, like not Batmobile size, but like comparable to the Batmobile figure size, like <laughs> clay face. I understand they made a Arkham Asylum clay face figure, but it's, you know, it's Arkham Asylum. So it's like, yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird, like cracked mirror version of Batman for me. Yeah. The Arkham designs, some of them I super, super like, and some of them I'm like, this is too scary for me. That was, Arkham was <laughs> the first. adult. <laughs> Arkham was for me, that was when I first saw, I guess, a redesigned Harley. Where they were like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, we're going to make Harley sexy now. And I'm like, oh, we're going to do yeah, that. I take I take a little bit of umbrage with redesigning Harley's costume because it's in her name. Yeah. And, and I also thought it was a really cool for so long that she's covered like head to toe and she's still often the sexiest character on panel. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, I, I like the juxtaposition of that. So I'm not super into like a Harley redesign. Uh, but it was cool in Suicide Squad where for like... A minute she was in that original cut. They did the you know the Alex Ross cover. That's right. Homage. Yeah, that oh that la that, that 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 like shot with uh, with mm -hmm. them dancing. I was like, wow. I was I could not believe they actually made it happen. That they were like, yeah, yeah. no, we're gonna make it and we're gonna put her in it and that was cool. No, that was a really cool. Yeah, moment. you're like, how long did that take? Like, I know it took Patrick Warburton an hour to get into that tick suit. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that. Yeah, no, I, I I'm almost convinced they were just like they just spray painted him with like that like liquid rubber. We're just like, let's oh, peel it off every take. <laughs> I love, there's a lot, a, lot of, a lot of interviews where they're like, how did they put you in that? And he's like, a lot of lube. Yeah. <laughs> Good old Patrick Warburton. What a funny oh, he's guy. He's the best. He's, he's a national treasure, David Putty is. Yes. Oh, David Putty. Good, good, good call. I just rewatched all of Seinfeld, so it's in the forefront of my mind. Nice. I've been, I've been on a weird Seinfeld kick, I gotta say. I've been watching a lot of his stand-up again, and I was like, God, I love that nice. show. But, uh, I'm watching any. Larry Sanders for the first time ever. Hey, nice. And it, funny. it's very 90s, but it like weirdly holds up. Yeah. And I, I know Rip Torn is like an unequivocally horrible person, but he's super funny That's on that the, show. Yeah, he is. He is and a then, dumpster fire, but he's also amazing. And young Jeffrey Tambor looks like Dr. Phil, and I can't deal with it. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God, like, I'm just waiting for him to be like, now the dog's wagging the tail. No. And I'm like, oh, it's <laughs> no. so strange. <laughs> All right, getting back to Robin. So, uh, <laughs> okay, so we both agree that that Tim Drake is the best. Um, you're you're kind of a fan of the red suit. What is the okay? So, what is your opinion about the Tim Drake Red Robin evolution when he became when he like took on that title, and then when New Fifty Two was like, ah, just screw it, you were always that. Now, I have so many thoughts about this. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
I really think he should have just been Nightwing, though. Um, mm. I, I, I'm not a Damian Wayne fan, like, full disclosure. Um, yeah, me I think either, that actually. when you have a character who has made the choice to be an adopted father to a bunch of people who are as broken as him, and he can, for the most part, make them better and give them a better experience than he had, I think that's really powerful. And yeah. then I think to give him a biological son... And I, I like him better with Selena than I like him with Talia anyway. Well, yeah. Uh, to, well, there are people who, who think <laughs> no, that's the other fair. Way, yeah, no, which I, is I mean, fine. Yeah. They're wrong, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Bruce Talia people. Um, but so for me, it just dilutes like what is so important and, and meaningful about Bruce's decision to adopt Dick and Jason and Tim eventually, like when his parents finally die. Yeah, when Tim so finally I, became an orphan. Yeah, I mean, Identity Crisis, like, that scene where he's holding him Ugh. after his father died is very powerful. Yes. Um, so, like, I don't like the conceit of Damien anyway, and I understand the idea that you are presenting your audience with an analog for what Bruce would have been like at the time had he not had Alfred, and I sort of appreciate that on a metatextual level, but I don't like it. Yeah, no, um, I, I remember picking up that book, because I was like, I had heard great things about Grant Morrison at the time, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go all in. Batman number one, it's got Andy yeah. Kubert drawing it, I hear Grant Morrison's the greatest, I am all, and Joker's in the story, picked it up, he, the, his son is on the last page, I just, I had a visceral, physical, re I just dropped the book, I'm like, no! Like, literally dropped the book, because I was so offended by the idea that this character that is legitimately intrinsically tied with adoption and with surrogate sons having a biological son that's like well no but i'm the real son of batman like all right we had right. and, and we had so. just gotten over tim drake going through the adoption process and becoming mm -hmm. tim wayne and then we're presented with this. And I can imagine the board meeting or the, the, or the pitch meeting between Morrison and editors just being like, you know, no, but like, think of the story possibilities, you know, but, but at the <laughs> same time, like maybe we don't want to go down that road. I, you know, I like these characters and I want to see them go through this, this thing. You know, I don't, I, I don't know. I was kind of like hoping that the other shoe was going to drop with Damien where it's like, no, nah, as it turns out, he's not like, as it turns out, I was out, he was going to stay dead. Like they killed him. And I was like, great, moving on. And um, apparently Morrison wanted him dead the whole time. He was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I have this, I have this beginning, middle and end for Damien. And then they were like, apparently people like this kid. Let's send him to apocalypse and give him powers and stuff. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> people do. People really like Damien. Um, yeah. and that's cool. I've liked him in some stuff. I really like him in Gotham Academy, but like as a mm. foil for maps or Makes sense. I'm enjoying him in the current Teen Titans because I like Goliath. And so he's just like Goliath's accessory. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, but yeah, so the creation of that character basically means that Tim is no longer important. Yes. And then I think the way the in-story reason that like Dick loves Damien so much, even though Damien is like a terrible <laughs> human and a terrible murderer and yep. like terrible, um, he's just gonna tell Robin like you can't be Robin anymore. Surprise! Like I thought it was not a great in-story reason or out-of-story reason for shunting him off. And yeah. then if Dick is going to be Batman, like why not just make him Nightwing and do the red stripe that you were gonna do in the New Fifty Two anyway? Yeah, no, that's um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I will say I am the the only way that I think that Damien works is in the context of Tomasi's Super Sons pitch and in the, like, sto I the short story we got. I love what I've seen of him and John. I yeah. think Super Sons is going to be a blast. I'm all, But I'm almost a little sad that, like, we don't get 
the kind of foil that we could have gotten. Because here's the thing, the Tim... Tim and like Tim Drake would have been the, the the most recent Robin, which means he would have been in his like twenties, I guess. And John is at best fifteen, maybe thirteen. I think I think he's thirteen, but uh, but John is thirteen or or in his early teens. You wouldn't have a like a kid. You wouldn't have a comparable parallel. Mm-hmm. for the Super Sons book to even exist. So unfortunately, it wouldn't like you can't. But I do want to see you know like. Kal-El has a biological son named John and Batman has a, an adopted son named X and the two of them work together. Like, I wanted to Why see that idea. Why isn't it just Duke? Just make it Duke. <laughs> Duke, that'd be fine. I mean, Duke's another one. Like, another... I love Duke. I loved We Are Robin. I feel like I'm the only person who read that book. But I, I, I read it. I wasn't a fan, but, uh, but I did read it. And um, I was excited. I was excited that he got folded into the Gotham Girl story. So I'm hoping that that comes back around into Batman. Yeah, he um, well, he he's very much like a an emo, like um, an emotional parallel for that story. It was yeah, it was important. But yeah, but the no. the Alex Ross costume, like the Red Robin original costume, which yeah. is Dick's costume from Kingdom Come. Exactly, it's a great costume and i like that it's, it's the only one that looks like a bird yeah although like nightwing doesn't look like a bird it just looks looks like dick grayson with yeah. his chest out yeah no nightwing is, is not like what is a nightwing you know <laughs> yeah but i well, do it's a kryptonian superhero name yeah. yeah i do love that red robin in the alex ross design is just the michael keaton batman cowl but you shave off the ears oh for real though yeah that's what you it looks like to me. i was like wow that's just batman in a in a fun suit no, I like that Red Robin suit. I just, you know. And then they kept trying to muck with it. They gave him feathers. Yeah, and, and, and I like that first miniseries um, where he's, like, hunting down Ra's al Ghul and Francis Manifold does the most amazing covers on oh, those. Oh, yeah. But then the Venetian blinds, I couldn't super get behind. No, no. I don't I don't Maybe care for wings on people. Them? Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. Like, either you have wings because you're Hawkman or you don't. Yeah. Yeah, either like, you are born with wings, you're either Angel, Hawkman... Uh, I'm sure there are other characters with wings that I could think of. Namor. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, so Red Robin. uh, It doesn't live in my head canon uh, that he was only Red Robin, but I like, I do like the new Rebirth suit where he has that's basically just the Robin suit, but with the double R's. They're just, like, they're just, they keep, it it reminds me of, um, well, it, okay, so it's it's like they started with this this base design, and they're like, okay, I don't like that, or people don't like that, so let's just remove the things people don't like, until they eventually just get finally to the thing people want, but that double R is just their constant little, like, but, I know. but we have to remind you that we own this, it's ours, that's our R, like, no, ugh. Eventually they'll drop the new, it. The new 52 just like messes up the whole idea of a legacy character to begin with. Because in five years, if you go through five sidekicks, you're the worst superhero ever. Big time. Yeah. You know, and if, or in, in if five years, you go through three sidekicks because I guess Stephanie... I mean, Stephanie was only Robin for like three three whole issues. Yeah. Maybe yeah. two weeks, but... I was hoping to talk um, about Stephanie in a minute if you if you have some thoughts on that subject as well. Oh, we can talk about we can talk about Stephanie. <laughs> I always get hate comments when I do. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, so I think I think it maybe the the conceit of that would have worked better if it was ten years instead of five years. Yeah. Like I think the compressed timeline is to blame for that more than necessarily like the treatment of the individual characters. That's what's so funny about the the, the DC Rebirth where they're like, 
All right. Well, maybe there might have been another five years. Like at this point, if you're gonna say yeah, yeah. If, ten, like maybe they stole ten years from us. Who knows? Like, are you gonna? <laughs> are you really gonna? Fold, if you're just gonna fold in missing time, just go back and say the old shit happened because it's way more complicated to like fill in the gaps with things that people liked from history without it actually being a part of history. But that's the tough thing about comics too, is because there's like there's so, basically every time you put a new team on a book, it's a it's a soft reboot. Yes. Even if it's not supposed to be. But like there's so much of it that there's so much good, but there's also so much bad. Yeah. So no matter what you fold in, like someone's favorite something is getting erased, and something someone hates is getting like it's a it's a lose lose. That's the thing. Proposition. So like just don't just. Just don't. Yeah. Just keep the no. stories going. For me, it's like it's either it's either all or nothing. Either you're gonna just straight up reboot it, and then you're gonna have to just try and do it all over again. You know, like oh, I yeah. guess we're gonna have to. Then we'll do like a new Fifty Two Nightfall and a new Fifty Two Batman Venom and a new Fifty Two, you know, sort of Azrael. Like we're gonna new Fifty Two everything. Or but we're gonna start with like Dick Grayson is is twelve, and here we go. Yeah, you start either you start over entirely, or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I'm always on the on the side of don't because like. I like legacy. I like history. I, 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 you know, I also read the damn thing, and I, it's all in there. And if I have to, it's like my my relationship with Star Wars, where I'm like, oh, all the things that you read, all the like twenty years history, yeah, it's all in the Doesn't garbage. Doesn't matter, and, Darth and Vader. So no. I'm like, I literally don't care at all about like the expanded universe of Star Wars. They're like, you gotta watch Clone Wars and Rebels, and you gotta read all these novels. I'm like, nope. Because I spent 20 years reading all that shit, and it all doesn't matter anymore. I'm not going to get... I'm Rebels not gonna... is super good, though. I, you know what? I will say I've watched the first three seasons of Rebels. <laughs> but I just but don't... You shouldn't have to. Um, it's yeah. like there's a book that's right before Rogue One, which apparently, if you read it, explains so many of the things that Rogue One just glossed over. But, like, oh. I shouldn't have to read a book to understand why this relationship is important. No. No. I'm... When it's a movie franchise. But yeah. Rebels is super good. <laughs> yeah, but, but Rebels is cool, and I love Hera. <laughs> Oh yeah, I have a Hera Pop vinyl. <laughs> she rocks. I, I was kind of like, man, I hope she gets some kind of. I hope she becomes real. Like I want her to be in the in mm-hmm. these movies, but nah. No. Her dad is in Sagarera's palace. I oh know. really? Yeah, like you see him for like a second when they pan through mm-hmm. right before. Maybe it doesn't survive. Yeah. Everyone's seen Rogue One. <laughs> yes. I've heard rumors that she's referenced, like that you hear her on like the PA system. They, they, and... they say her rank and her last name, yeah. yeah and I'm you like... can see, you can like go and find it, you can see the ghost. So... Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. I'm just assuming that they all go there to die, which is how we don't have any more Jedi <laughs> when Luke comes around. <laughs> yeah, Ezra's got to die. Well, yeah. I mean, they kind of all do, like Ahsoka does too. Like, that's my oh, girl, yeah. but... She I, has to go. I was that when I, I remember when Clone Wars was coming out, and I'm like, they're like, and this is Ahsoka, and it's an, Anakin, Anakin's apprentice. I go, oh cool, she's the last to die, and then yeah, the yeah, show yeah. ends, and I'm like, she ain't she ain't dead yet. She's and then kind of died. She's like pretend died like three times though. Oh my god! No, when she meets with Vader in Rebels, I was like, here we go. Vader will kill her now. No, yeah, they still don't kill this person. They were like, look, Ashley Eckstein now owns a very successful fashion line, so we cannot murderize her character on yeah. panel. Damn it. <laughs> uh, but uh, but anyway, so uh, Stephanie Brown. More legacy characters, guys. Yeah. But Stephanie Brown, so I remember, like, <sighs> I had fallen off of comics during her during her run, like, during her, like, debut. And, uh, but I used to go to the comic book store anyway and just leaf around. And I remember this, like, the, the image of her as a Robin was so striking. I just loved the concept of 
Stephanie of the of this blonde girl in the Tim Drake costume. I was like, that's a really powerful image. And then of course it reminded. I was like, oh yeah, Carrie Kelly. I love Carrie Kelly, so that's why I'm thinking of that. Oh, um, I love Carrie Kelly. My, she might be out, like since she's not technically in the same universe, even though she I guess is because she yeah. was referenced. But whatever, who cares? I don't think anyone liked that, so she's not. But uh, I she's my favorite Robin. If it weren't for the fact that Tim Drake like earns it, you know, Carrie Kelly yeah. is just a really fun, great character. Well, I, she's only got like three stories, so it's for hard me, she to has compare that to Tim's body of work. Tim has years. Yeah, Carrie has for me one out of three stories. Well, yeah, but I I mean I guess she appeared in the New Fifty Two for like. Eight. A, a panel she's there she's you know she was kind of what a mistake but uh yeah but yeah so the stephanie brown character shows up and i remember people explaining it to me they're like she's she was she was created so that like or she shows up and batman like hire like makes her robin so that he can make tim feel jealous and i'm like that's really weird <laughs> this is very deranged yeah um I have weird feelings about Stephanie Brown. She proves to me that every Dick Grayson outfit looks better on a woman. Yes. Because the the classic Robin costume, I mean, Carrie exemplifies this as well. It just, it, it's it's so cut for like a female body, like the belt and and the high shorts and the, and the, the booties and everything. You're just like, wow, like that's a lady's costume. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and like you put, you put the Nightwing outfit on a girl, which I always wanted them to do to Cassandra Kane, And like, it looks better, better on a woman as well. That would have been cool. So, um, but I like the conceit of like Tim having a female contemporary. I just think Cassandra Kane does it better. Yes. Because Cassandra Kane is like the ultimate ninja. And then like you take away her power of speech and she immediately becomes the most powerful character on panel. Yeah. And I, I don't buy the idea that like Stephanie Brown just shows up and is like, I'm spoiler. I'm this really like low rent, incapable character who causes a lot more problems. And I'm not actually that useful. And that Tim and Bruce are like, yeah, let's hang out. Like, this come one. be part of our team. Because she, Bruce won't even let Katie Kane hang out as Batwoman all the time if you know if they're fighting. Oh, back then he wouldn't even let uh, let Huntress involve like get involved right, in the team. Exactly. So I like I like what they were trying to do with her, and I feel like it was executed kind of poorly. And then they were like, "Oh, she's dead," and then they're like, "No, she's not dead. We just took her to Africa, and she had a baby." Like and Leslie Tompkins said, like what? Yeah, no. The 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 oh she's not dead is literally just like I am so sick of getting these letters about this girl that we didn't really yeah. even care about. I guess we'll just make her not dead. Spoiler for me was just a low rent huntress. Like oh, like it was just Completely. more like damn. If only huntress were Tim's age, we'd be we'd get a lot more cool stories. And that's only because I remember Robin Three Cry of the Huntress, where Tim and Huntress work together. That's a good story. Really great story. Even better covers. Let me tell you. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but they had these amazing covers where uh, you pulled on the interior cover and it moved a little. Yeah, it did. And you can invert them. all those. Yeah, I have all of those covers. I'm not ashamed to admit it. And then, and then Joker's Wild, which was either right before or right after that, before. came with holographic cards on the front. Yes, Joker's Wild is not as good, but still great. All the Robin minis but are great. But beautiful covers. Yeah, but I think Stephanie Brown is way better now. Like, I like what they're doing with her in Detective Comics. Yes. Probably because she doesn't have Tim around to be compared to, but I think she's a character who could really come into her own. Mm -hmm. And maybe if they hadn't half-assed making her Robin, I would like it better. But, like, if I'm going to rank my Robins, it's kind of a tie between her and Damien as which one I like less. (laughs) I just think they're both 
fairly ineffective in filling what I think that role is there to do. Uh, I, I definitely agree with you because I feel like Stephanie Br- I feel like Stephanie Brown was a better Batgirl than a than a she, than a Robin. Oh my god, and such a great costume. Great. Oh, the purple costume. That's where purple belongs on a Bat character is in that Stephanie exactly. Brown costume. It's a great costume. It's one of Tiffany's favorites. Um, but uh, yeah, she has great taste. She does. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, man, that that yeah. I, I I like the image of of uh, of Stephanie Brown in a Robin suit more than I liked her as a Robin. I can see that. And <laughs> I it, think it's most too so it's gonna look amazing yeah no uh, yeah i also man i i'm going back to that original robin suit like the 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 og tim or uh, dick grayson plus jason todd costume because for <laughs> me growing up the, the the most prevalent place that i remember that suit being is preserved in the cave as a memory of jason todd yeah because for like it, it exemplified so much like tim like dick grayson throws the costume away and becomes nightwing Jason Disco Wing. <laughs> Disco Wing. I, I always liked that suit. I remember going back and like as as a kid and looking up the old like Wolfman, you know, Titans books where he de- debuts and I'm like this is a cool suit. It was only later oh, that I'm my like my first my first comic book I ever bought with my own money is like the New Teen Titans and it's the white cover and it's it's Dick and Roy and it's all their clothes yes. like draped over the logo because they're they're like not going to be Teen Titans anymore. They're going to go and be their grown up selves and be like Nightwing and Red Arrow. But it's yeah. so cool. That is a great cover. Oh man, that was a that was a series that was defined by by just great visuals. I mean um, Perez. Perez. <laughs> per- yeah. Uh, so yeah, then um, yeah. We, so we talked about Damien and how much we don't like him. Um, I will say I like the suit, but it's again just like a truncated version of the Tim Drake costume. It is. It's just that with the hood and more gray. And yeah. I like. I get that the hood is the ninja thing, but there are so many takes on the Robin origin, whether it's Dick or Tim, and they're not allowed to have a hood. No. So you're just like, why do you get a hood? Well, I don't know. Bad cow. Bad cow's cool. Yeah, bad cow. God. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, whenever I think of whenever I when I first saw Damien in his first Robin suit with the hood, I immediately thought of. And I hate to admit it, but Batman, but All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder by Frank Miller, where we're gonna take somebody. He just pulls the hood over his face. He goes, "Do you know what any self-respecting criminal would do the second they saw you?" And then he just pulls the hood over his face and says, "Lose the hood, you're Robin." Loved that moment. I was like, "That is exactly what would happen." And then in the comics, like, it's it's a great commentary on the Robin Hood thing because like nobody really knows if it was like a the Bird Robin or Robin Hood Robin. Yeah, it's such a great way to address like that piece of mythology as well. Yes. No, I love that. It's one of the few things. It's one of the few moments that I feel were was genuinely cool and earned, as opposed to everything else in All Star Batman and Robin the Boy Wonder, where I'm like, "Oh, what are you doing, Frank?" What's it's a it's a weird series because yeah, there are like flashes of brilliance in there, and of course it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, mm, the goddamn Batman. Maybe if I was a 14 year old boy, I'd be up for I that. I have no question that if I were like 13, <laughs> listening to my Ride the Lightning album and and reading that book, I would have been like, "This is awesome." Uh, admittedly i I used to work in a comic shop for a long time and i would like recommend it to mothers of teenage boys i'd be like this is a great christmas present (laughs) your (laughs) son will love it this This and hush you'll be fine (laughs) oh hush yeah no it's true yeah because it requires no thinking you are just like everyone everyone's there everyone you know from batman shows up for a minute that's true yeah you even get to see harley and joker almost share the same panel for a second (laughs) 
Yeah, for, for a whole second. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I guess we kind of, like, ran down the list of Robins. We, cu- we covered Stephanie. We covered Damien, Tim. We didn't talk about Jason. Well, it's because Jason's no good as Robin. Like, Jason's good as Red Hood. Yeah. Now, okay, so... Do you like the... Okay, so this is... I mean, like, he's been Red Hood forever at this point. But, yeah. like, what do you think of Red Hood? And what did you think of him when you first kind of got introduced to Red Hood? Um, so I was not alive when Jason Todd met his demise. Oh, no, I mean, like, when he became... So, yeah. <laughs> right, so, so like, he was always, like, this weird kind of mythic figure in the Batman lore. Mm-hmm. Um, because even when I went back and read older stuff, like, I always just read Dick Grayson Adventures. Yeah. And then when he got brought back, I was like, I don't know if I really care. And I think that the original, like, the Under the Red Hood storyline, which is adapted later into one of my favorite animated movies, I think is really meaningful. And I love the idea that like Jason will do what none of the other ones will do because he's so broken by that experience that he'll step past that moral code. But I think it's hard to do well. And I think he's a character who unfortunately has a lot more mediocrity behind him than like truly great storylines. And he's a character who is like desperate for a defining a defining arc. Yes. There was four seconds when they first announced during the do you know remember there was DCU Y O U? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> they announced that there was gonna be an LGBT title and that there was gonna be like a red hood and a red arrow title. And I was like, maybe they'll just be boyfriends. They'll just uh. be like angry boyfriends. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know, I don't that idea like really appeals to me. Like I think there's something in his character that still needs to be built out and mm-hmm. then Maybe he'll find his place in the world, but they have to stop making him a hero. I don't mind him wearing the the crest, like the Batman shield, but he's not he's not a hero. And yeah. I feel like DC doesn't know. I'm sure there are writers who know, but like DC, the entity, mm-hmm. doesn't know how to just let him live outside of that. Yeah. Well, but be- I like him as a character, even yeah. though I feel like I don't like most of the appearances I've read of him. That's the problem, I think, is I remember when they announced they were like, we're going to bring back... Well, I remember in Hush when they when they teased the idea that he was going to come back, and I immediately oh, was yeah, like... he shows up in like a fever dream in Hush. Yeah, well, he's... Uh, Clayface pretends to be him, and then it turns That's out that he actually was him, and... Uh, blah, 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 like, uh, retconning, yeah. <laughs> but the... For me, I was like... Th- that concept when it happened like when it when he's standing there i'm like what that's messed up and then they were like oh it's clayface i'm like oh okay yeah that's probably for the best and then they're like no but really he's back and he- superboy punched reality and made him happen and i was like okay i'm not i'm not like everyone laughs about the superboy punching reality thing i'm like it's dc i don't know if you're aware of this but like there's this thing called the anti-monitor there's a lot of ridiculous silly things that he you can laugh ate at all the worlds and then he <laughs> farted out only one or that's right like you don't need yeah yeah superboy punching reality isn't the most ridiculous thing the dc's ever done but yeah but i don't like connor so when that happened i was like oh of course oh really you don't like uh Connor Kent or the uh... I don't I'm not a, I like the look of him in the 90s when he was looked like a hot lesbian I don't know about that <laughs> his his, um, his jacket and, and ring and the spit curl and the little little glasses and everything yeah he was like hot jughead it was great I thought he <laughs> looked really as a, as a very as a young boy I was like well that must be what I want to look like when I'm a teenager <laughs> but they make him they make him super aggro and I think they're trying to make him relatable in the Teen Titans arc but like different than Tim and Bart and all the rest of them I don't know I'm not I'm not a Connor Kent fan hmm. um because uh, clearly all my love now goes to Jonathan who's the cutest yes 
human I've ever seen. I'm excited. Like, I'm excited to see him fleshed out because, like, if only, if anybody can do it the best, it'll be Tomasi. Oh, yeah. It's the greatest creative team on Superman right now. Yeah, easily. Um, but for me, I remember f- being really kind of offended by the idea of them changing, like, taking the suit out of the case and being like, no, actually, he... Either he either either he actually didn't die or he did die, but then magic happened and now he's not dead. Oh remember, yeah. In I'm, my head canon, the suit is still there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember being like, that is a really great pitch that has nowhere to go. For me, mm-hmm. that is the Peter David, why doesn't Magneto just pull the adamantium out of Wolverine's skeleton? Like ha, that's a ha, great ha, pitch ha. that has nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And I have yet to have been shown a story besides Under the Red Hood where that's not true. Like, where it's like, you really didn't need to do this. But there, you feel like there's enough pieces there that, like, it's going to come. We're going to get that story. See, for me, I'm like, if it was, it should have already. Because, like, Mm -hmm. anyone who is really talented that's on the DC payroll should have been like, "I I got it. And just give it to them. But... The fact that no one has come forward with anything good and the fact that Scott Lodell keeps writing about this character, I'm like, they they don't know what to do with this guy. And the and, and the worst thing in the world they could do is kill him because he's defined by coming back to life. Yeah, you can't... You, he's, he's like an unkillable character. It would be like, in the Spider-Gwen book, you can't kill Spider-Gwen no. because the whole conceit is that she's alive this time. <laughs> exactly. I remember pitching that idea, not pitching that idea, but like tell explaining that idea to a friend of mine in college. I was like, "Oh yeah, so Tim uh, so Jason Todd's back to life. He's not dead anymore and he's he's <laughs> like and he's the Punisher." And they were like, "Does he immediately kill the Joker?" And I was like, "No." And they're like, "Well, then there's nothing good about that." That's how you that's how you start off the great Jason Todd arc, though. You make him kill the Joker and you deal with the aftermath of that. Yes. You like, need to put him in his own city too. The way like Nightwing got to go to Bloodhaven, mm-hmm. I think he needs some distance from the Bat family, but like keeping him on the team No, really... he's not a team. He's not a team play. Like, the thing for me is DC doesn't have a Punisher, and mm-hmm. so they don't know how to make that hypocrisy work. Like in Marvel, whenever like Punisher shows up in a Spider-Man book, Spider-Man's like, first priority is taking you down because you're a serial killer. Yeah, yeah. And then like some big monster attacks and they both have to team up. But really, like, not like Spider-Man's like, I'm fighting this monster, and if you shoot it, that's fine, but I'm going to stop you when this is over. And then Punisher gives him the slip. That's kind of how you navigate a Punisher in the Marvel Universe, like a serial killer with mm-hmm. your suit with your capes and tight superheroes. Um, and DC just doesn't know how to do that without making it a Vertigo book. And if that's the case, it wouldn't work because it's a it's an in-canon like superhero character. <laughs> Uh, make it a Vertigo book. I kind of think that they should took a lot of characters out of Vertigo to put them in the main they DCU. Did. But yeah. I don't understand why they couldn't just be Vertigo characters that come hang out with Zatanna sometimes. That's how they've <laughs> always been. Like the idea. That's how the, the Swamp Thing. Be, the the most surprising thing in like Alan Moore's Swamp Thing was like when he went to Gotham, and you're like, what? Oh, that was so good though. Yeah. Oh, amazing. And of course, Batman <laughs> not being you know Grant Morrison's Batman and not like and being screwed like yeah, it, yeah. it was it really works and but that's that's well that's how classic vertigo should go is that you know it's sure it's in the same universe but not but they're not like but on gently yeah. they're not on a team you know like superman doesn't go hang out with them 
No, but I do like I do like the idea of Justice League Dark. The idea of Justice League Dark is really solid. I'm sad they can't seem to make that work. Well, I haven't seen the new movie that's coming out yet, and I know they put Batman on it because everything's better than with be. Batman. Yeah. Um, but I think that might be like an interesting platform because yeah. I think those characters are dynamic enough that they should be able to carry a book. Like, come I on. Agree. <laughs> I agree. I for me, I'm like those characters all work, but like. Do they work as a team? I guess they, I mean, like, Just Like Dark was a very well-received series that has, you know, really, really terrific creators on it. So uh, mm-hmm. I have to assume that the answer is yes, they do work as a team. But for me, whenever I just see that concept, I'm like, I don't see Swamp Thing working with people. Like, I don't see... Yeah, con- I feel I like it, it, it can't be like a permanent team. It's just like um, a strike team when yes. something really bad happens. Right, like, like, a, like a Suicide Squad. But most, like, chaotic good. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. Whereas, yeah... No, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> the good good description. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but uh, okay, so with respect to Robin, um, I guess I'll round things out with one last question, and it's: Okay, do you think we're gonna see any Robins in the DCEU? I do, and I think when we do, I think it's going to have to be Nightwing. Okay. Um, I think Robin is still a tough sell to non-comics people because they are used to Burt Ward. Still. And then the 90s didn't help. No. And I don't fault Chris O'Donnell. I think the suit was good because it's basically just Nightwing. It really is. Um, I think he does a serviceable job. Like, he's likable and he's sarcastic. Um, there's just some really bad writing that he's the victim of. Yeah. And I, I think people aren't over that, but I think if you could... If you could cast someone, my ideal casting for Nightwing is Matt Bomer, but you have to cast him, like, right now or he'll be too old. Because <laughs> uh, he's, like, in his mid-30s, and I'm like, okay, well, like, Affleck's in his 40s, so it could work. You know, don't yeah. think about it too much. Um, so if you can do it that way and you make him, like, this a more mature, like, not the kid sidekick. Yeah, you kind of... I, I think would ease people into, like, maybe we could have, like, a 16 or an 18-year-old yeah. Tim Drake... But I think it's a while off. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I I don't think we're gonna see it in this iteration of the DCEU. I, I think that I think that the the, la- the 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 first appearance of being like a bronzed suit covered in death is like the most we're gonna see of a Robin in this universe. Oh, but like I was so excited when we saw that. I was convinced we were gonna get a Nightwing reference in BBS, and mm-hmm. like I don't hate that movie the way a lot of other people hate that movie. Right. Like, that was the thing that I was the most disappointed by. I was like, nobody said Dick Grayson. I mean, nobody said Nightwing. It borrows so much from Dark Knight Returns. I am I am legitimately surprised. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a deleted scene somewhere where, there. you know, you remember the scene between Bruce and Jim where they're like, have you talked to Dick? And he's like, not for 10 years, you know that. Yes, yes. Like, oh my I'm God. shocked there's no moment like that. I'm And actually, they kind of, carried off most of that interaction between him and Alfred. So I can imagine him being like Alfred having a one-off line saying something like, you haven't even spoken to Dick in 10 years or, or that's five all it years. Has to be. That's all it has to be. I don't even need it to be one of the boys. Like we can just go right to Carrie Kelly. Like that's I'll, so I, fine. I think <laughs> my predict, if there ever, if there will be a Robin, it probably will be Carrie Kelly. That'd be so cool. Which I'm totally on board for. Cause Warner I call me anytime. I'd love oh to. Oh my God. That. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that suit. I don't know how oh, you... It's the best. I have a bunch of DK3 covers, like, in frames, just because I love Carrie Kelly so much. Oh, and, yeah, and, man, those variants, like, everybody's like, I want to, I just want to draw Carrie Kelly. That They're, Jim Lee image... All the Archie variants that came out. It's one of the only 
like set of variants that I went online and I was like, I'll buy this one and this one <laughs> and this one. Yeah. Oh, man. I've seen a whole bunch of Carrie Kelly cosplayers in my time going to cons now, and every time I see one, I say, you look awesome. Like, I they make... always look awesome, because it's such a good look on a girl. Yep, and, <laughs> and if, if, if anyone's going to dress as Robin, if any girl is going to do a Carrie Kelly costume Robin, they're not going to fuck it up. They're going to be like, no, this is cool. Like, I'm going right. to do it right. It's not like, it's not a casual, your casual cosplayer is not dressing up as Carrie Kelly. That's a deep no. cut. And you know why? Mostly, I think it's because... The second that they get to the mask, which is also glasses, they go, ah, I don't know if I can do that. And if they can't do that, then they're not going to do the whole thing. Then exactly. they just go, ah, drop it. I love the glasses. <laughs> Me too. I remember, man, yeah, I love that suit. And it's just, it's just dick suit on a girl. It is. That's all it is. It just looks better. It looks better on a woman. It does. It does. <laughs> but there it's you the have belts. it. Yeah. There you have it, everybody. Uh, this was an episode of Elseworlds Exchange where we just talked about Robin for an hour, which yeah. I knew we could, we could do it. And here we are. But uh, before we go, Ashley, tell them more about this amazing uh, Kickstarter project you have going on, because I'm really excited about it. And I want to see how many people from us like back it. So yes. So if you like young heroes running around in cool costumes, go and check out my Action Lab comic series that Jason Inman and I are co-writing and kickstarting right now, jupiterjetcomic.com. It is a girl in the 1930s with a jetpack and a genius little brother, and she fights bad guys with glowing eyes and ray guns. And there's a science fiction twist at the end. We have a ton of exclusive prints. We have one from Wonder Woman artist Nicholas Scott, Nightwing writer Tim Seeley, and we have written content reviews from myself, uh, Heath Corson, and Colin Bunn, and then art portfolio reviews from the amazing Mitch Garrods. You can get all of those over there. It's very exciting. JupiterJetComic.com. Thank you so much in advance for going and checking it out. Definitely. And if you want to check out that website, you can always click the link in the description box below this video. It will be right there on the top. And if you're listening to this episode on SoundCloud or iTunes, it will be in the description of this episode. Just go to JupiterJetComic.com. Uh, Ashley, you. thank you for being on the show today. Thanks and, for having uh, me. We've got to come back and talk Bucky sometime. Totally. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys for uh, checking out this episode, and we'll see you guys next week with another episode. Bye. Bye.